Open the eyes of our hearts, Lord, that we may see the wonders of your word. Amen. Today we are in 2nd Chronicles chapter 7 where we see Solomon dedicating the temple of the Lord and God's second appearance to Solomon. This is a very important chapter from the perspective of Ezra the chronicler and the perspective of the Israelites and the perspective of the New Testament believers you and me. We shall learn one of the key concepts of Christianity from this chapter. In the previous chapter we saw Solomon praying to the Lord and here it starts by saying when Solomon had finished praying fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices so yes we are going to learn about the sacrifices in this chapter could you imagine that scenario how fire came down from heaven and consumed everything it's a great miracle and if all the news channels were present at that point of time imagine the chaos every channel would be having by flashing this news again and again verse 4 says that then the king and all the people offered sacrifices before the lord so once again the sacrifices started up and this time in verse 5 it says king solomon offered a sacrifice of 22000 bulls and 120000 sheep The Lord God had given the sacrificial system in Leviticus. There are five different types of sacrifices. First is the burnt offering which is for the propitiation of sin. Second is the grain offering which is for the thanksgiving. Third is the sin offering which is made by one who had sinned unintentionally. Fourth is the guilt offering which is made by a person who has desecrated something holy. Fifth is the peace or the fellowship offering which is used to symbolize thankfulness for a blessing or an expression of a wow or general thankfulness and there were six types of blood sacrifices we'll concern ourselves with the burnt offering and the peace offering the burnt offering is referred to as ola and the peace offering is referred to as slamim in hebrew In the peace offering the fatty portions belong to the lord's portion the breast and the right foreleg belongs to the priest and the rest of it belongs to the person who is offering that particular offering so now that we have understood what these sacrifices were for we now can understand that verse 1 talks about the burnt offerings which were taken up by the lord god by sending a fire from heaven The offerings that they then made in verse 5 is the peace offering. Does anyone have a question like me as to why so much of offerings or sacrifices were necessary in the first place? Imagine 120,000 sheep. So that should be if one sheep was killed per minute, that should be 83 days of constant killing. But verse 8 tells us that Solomon kept the feast for 7 days. So 7 days is 10080 minutes so that should be about 12 sheep per minute that's why verse 7 says Solomon consecrated the middle of the court because the place on the altar was not enough so why are we talking all these numbers here because there's a question as to why so much of sacrifices were necessary in the first place can you imagine all the blood and the gore that would have filled up What was God trying to teach the Israelites through this? Have you ever wondered about it? So here's the answer. I too had these questions and God was gracious enough to open the eyes of my heart to see what is the reason behind it. There were basically three reasons as to why the sacrifices were necessary. 
the first reason is to bring awareness to his people about the deadly consequences of sin In verse 3 we read when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord on the temple so they saw that the fire came down and took away all the blood and all the burnt animals and everything and replaced it with the glory of the Lord it was a symbolic way of teaching them that God takes away the sins of his people and replaces it with his glory okay all that is fine but why the sacrifice is necessary the sacrifice was necessary to show them the filthiness of sin all that stench and that blood and the gore was a physical reminder to the senses of the israelites to show them just how horrible their sins were in the eyes of the lord and because of their sin these helpless animals had to die as a substitute on their behalf so what was god teaching them here the deadly consequence of sin that god was teaching them was the wages of sin is death as we see in romans chapter 6 verse 23 and that there is no remission of sins without the shedding of blood as we see in hebrews chapter 9 verse 22 and why blood and why not hair or something else because the life is in the blood as we see from leviticus chapter 17 verse 11 however god was not pleased with the offerings himself he did not want those offerings he did not want those animals to be sacrificed he was not interested in the sacrifices of animals this sacrificial system of the old testament was a means by grace was a way of grace by which the relationship between god and mankind was to be restored ultimately the sacrificial system was inadequate and none could repay the debt of life that was owed until jesus christ defeated death once and for all as we read in hebrews chapter 10 verse 10 so the sacrifices were not the rights to earn god's grace the prophet samuel said in first samuel chapter 15 verse 22 to obey is better than sacrifice jeremiah the prophet echoes the same sentiment in chapter 7 verses 21 to 23 where he says the words of the lord where he prophesied this is what the lord almighty the god of israel says go ahead and go ahead add your burnt offerings to your other sacrifices and eat the meat yourselves for when i brought your ancestors out of egypt and spoke to them i did not just give them commands about burnt offerings and sacrifices but i gave them this command obey me and i will be your god and you will be my people walk in obedience to all i command you that it may go well with you so the prophets were saying that this law was to act as a mirror to showcase the sin of mankind this did not give them any remission of sins these sacrifices did not give them deliverance from sin true deliverance can only be obtained by looking at lord god through faith and obtaining his grace and to walk humbly in obedience to the lord god Micah the prophet also says the same thing in chapter 6 verses 6 to 8 with what shall i come before the lord and bow down before the exalted god 
shall I come before him with burnt offerings with calves a year old will the lord be pleased with thousands of rams with 10000 rivers of olive oil shall i offer my first born for my transgression the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul he has shown you o mortal what is good and what does the lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your god the second reason for the sacrifices was to bring a saving knowledge to the other gentiles through israel's sacrificial system if you meditate upon the book of esther we can read in chapter 8 verse 17 that in every promise and in every city to which the edict of the king came there was joy and gladness among the jews with feasting and celebrating and many people of other nationalities became jews because fear of the jews had seized them also in zechariah chapter 8 verse 23 we read thus says the lord of hosts in those days it shall come to pass that 10 men shall take hold out of all the languages of the nations even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a jew saying we will go with you for we have heard that god is with you we see right from the days when israel moved out of egypt that many gentiles who were willing to follow the people of israel by seeing their acts as well as the deliverance of the lord come and join them likewise this sacrificial system was a way of showcasing the gentiles that true deliverance can only be obtained by the lord god in those days all the pagan religions had the practice of sacrificing their newborn babies and some pagan religions even had the practice of sacrificing the babies in their womb these things the lord god despised and in my opinion this is one of the reasons why god made israel flourish so that when the people of the other nations see that the nation of israel is flourishing they would want to appropriate their practices so that they too can so that they too can flourish Satan was holding them in a wicked clutch that they did not know right from wrong that they did not know that sacrificing these infants was an evil thing even today in the name of abortion these child sacrifices are going on these are the works of the devil so some might ask now you are saying that in the old testament sacrificial system was tied to the flourishing of the nation for the other gentiles to learn from them so why not now in these days and my answer is of course god uses the very same method even now but then the old testament was a shadow of things now we are called to a much higher standard we are required to give sacrifice but not animal sacrifices but as we read in romans chapter 12 I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable to God which is your reasonable service and, it, and the author goes on to say and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God so you are proving to the others who are watching you by giving yourself as a living sacrifice to the lord as to what is good and acceptable and perfect will of god 
Peter also says the same thing in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5. You also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So we are as living stones built up into the temple of the Lord to offer up ourselves as spiritual sacrifices to bring a saving knowledge to the other gentiles watching us. The third reason the sacrifices were necessary was to bring joy and gladness. In verse 10 we read that all the people after the 7 day feast went away joyful and glad of heart. So the sacrifices were meant as a joyful celebration of what the Lord God has done to us. That's why the psalmist writes in Psalm 27 verse 6, Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Notice how it says in Numbers 10.10, Also in the day of your gladness, in your appointed feasts, and at the beginning of your months, you shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings, and they shall be a memorial for you before your God. So what was the memorial for? A day of gladness. So how does it translate to us? As I already mentioned, in the New Testament we are called to a much higher standard. James writes in chapter 1, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Whereas the Old Testament people of God found joy in the sacrifices and the material blessings that they got from the Lord God, we are in the New Testament to consider it joy when we face trials. Is it really possible to do that? Bible helps believers going through a difficult season experience the calm happiness that comes from faith in God. Joy is rooted in who God is. It is not fleeting or based on circumstances. Worldly possessions, accomplishments, even the people in our lives are blessings that make us happy and fuel our joyfulness. However, the Bible teaches that the source of all joy is Jesus. God's plan from the beginning by dwelling inside us is to allow us to navigate difficult situations even in the absence of happiness, while at the same time sustaining our joy inside us. That's why Jesus says to the disciples in John chapter 16 verse 22, So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice. And he goes on to say, And no one will take away your joy. So even amidst their grief, there is the joy in the Lord. How can we do that when it is so difficult? We can do it because Jesus has left us that example. In Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 we read, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. The joy set before him, he endured the cross. So you see, even Jesus, for the joy that was to come, he endured the pain and suffering and shame of the cross. Back in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, Ezra the chronicler points to the important aspect of this chapter. 
that is God's appearance to Solomon and his words to Solomon the Lord told Solomon in verse 14 if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land you see this was a very comforting verse for all those exiles returning back from babylon this is a very comforting verse for us too in the midst of this pandemic that is going through the second phase now in many of the countries and the lockdown are being enforced God's way of telling us that we need to turn back to him because the time is running out. It was a reminder for Solomon. It was a reminder for the Israelites returning back from exile. It is a reminder for the believers you and me living in this evil world today. Ezra the chronicler was reminding the Israelites even though they knew all these things very well of what had happened to Solomon but here Ezra is stressing that point again and that's the reason he's bringing all these sacrifices and then coming to this point saying look those sacrifices were necessary but then obedience to the Lord is better than sacrifice Ezra was telling them that they need to keep this verse constantly in front of their hearts and their minds and that's the reason today this verse as a song in the BGM one of the best ways of memorizing such verses in the bible is to listen to them as songs so that it doesn't depart from our hearts and we too can say like david i've hid this words inside my heart the chronicler ezra also points out the warnings that the lord gave to solomon If you turn away and forsake my statutes and my commandments and go to serve other gods then I will uproot you from my land and I will cast you out of my sight you see our god is a very jealous god he is betrothed to us as the body of christ just like how a wife will not accept her husband to go to someone else or a husband will not allow his wife to be with someone else The Lord God also doesn't want to let go of us to some other gods who are actually devils masquerading as gods. So thus Ezra ends this chapter by giving both the good and the bad and placing it in front of the people who have come back from exile. May God bless these words. Amen.
Glory to God. 